Hey leaders, before we get into this episode, I wanted to tell you about a free event that I'm hosting, your personal leadership audit live workshop. I've put the workshop together because if you want to stand out as an exceptional leader, you have to know yourself inside and out. Understanding your strengths and weaknesses is critical. And for that, you need a high degree of self-awareness and a commitment to self-reflection. Now, if you're committed to unlocking your leadership potential, then working through a self-assessment like this is going to help you to quickly identify a path to higher impact. I'll be leading you through a deep dive into the seven imperatives of my No Bullshit Leadership Framework, so that by the end of the session, you'll know exactly what areas you need to develop if you really want to stand out from the crowd. We're only opening up 150 spots, so register now at yourceomentor.com forward slash workshop. That's yourceomentor.com forward slash workshop. Are you selling a little or a lot? Either way, Shopify helps you do your thing. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did-we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. It helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. In fact, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And now you can sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Most of the business owners who listen to No Bullshit Leadership want to go large. What's so cool about Shopify is that no matter how big you want to grow, it gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash leadership or lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash leadership now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash leadership. Hey leaders, M here. We're finalizing Marty's 2024 speaking calendar and he still has a few opportunities available. Now you've experienced the impact that Marty has on the podcast, but that's only a tiny fraction of the impact that he has when he delivers an in-person keynote presentation. If you'd like to book Marty to speak at your organization's event, go to martingmore.com or send us an email at hello at martingmore.com and we can chat about how to tailor his powerful message to your leaders to achieve real results. All right, now back to the episode. Welcome to the No Bullshit Leadership Podcast. In a world where knowledge has become a commodity, this podcast is designed to give you something more. Access to the experience of a successful CEO who has already walked the path. So join your host, Martin Moore, who will unlock and bring to life your own leadership experiences and accelerate your journey to leadership excellence. Hey there, and welcome to episode 169 of the No Bullshit Leadership Podcast. This week's episode, The Pursuit of Perfection. Sounds noble, doesn't work. Even after the disruption of the last 18 months, I still see many companies weighed down and stymied by a perfectionistic culture. If we've learned nothing else through the COVID experience, it's that we can move so much faster than we initially think we can. But to do so, it takes a commitment to the principle of excellence over perfection. Many of us are held back, to some degree at least, by perfectionism. 
In terms of timing, given that we're currently running one of our leadership beyond the theory cohorts, excellence over perfection is top of mind for me, as I'm responding to a number of questions about perfectionism and why it is the enemy of value. So what will it take to conquer our need for perfectionism and to start adopting an achievement orientation? Today, I'm going to give you a bunch of good reasons why the pursuit of perfection is not as noble as it appears, and certainly not as desirable as we might think. My fervent hope for you is that you can start to tame this beast and really supercharge your leadership capability. So I'm going to open by sharing a little bit of my own journey from perfectionism to excellence. I'll go on to revisit a very early podcast episode where I looked at the psychology of the perfectionistic mindset, and then I'm going to finish by running through the six desirable objectives that are much more difficult to achieve in a perfectionistic culture. So let's get into it. Well over 10 years ago, I went through a 360 degree feedback process for the first time. And it was the first time I'd been exposed to the human synergistic suite of tests that I eventually became very familiar with and used extensively in the organisations I led. The overall outcomes from my test, the LSI, were pretty good. But the organisational psychologist who debriefed me was able to give me one incredible insight. Back then, I was firmly of the belief that the pursuit of perfection was not only desirable, but the unequivocal duty of every leader. If you weren't constantly striving for perfection, then what were you doing? You owed it to your people and you owed it to the company. Now, just to give you some background on the testing itself. With LSI, you start by nominating a range of people to provide feedback on your behaviours. Your direct reports, your peers, your direct boss, thus the term 360-degree feedback because the perspectives come from every direction. The feedback is then calibrated to look for trends and patterns in how the people who work with you experience you in the workplace. This can highlight differences in different groups that you interact with. Imagine the variances in observation if you just happen to be a kiss-up, kick-down boss. So it's not uncommon that the experience of your direct reports is very different from your boss's experience, and this is often exposed in the testing. Now, needless to say, the first reaction I normally see from leaders who have negative feedback is to rationalise it. Well, I think it must have been Marty who made that comment because last week I had to have a hard conversation with him. Or, um, oh, I was waiting for direction from the CEO, so that's why my team may have experienced me as being indecisive. The first thing for me was always the challenge to get people to accept the feedback and to look for the key themes. And this was something I had to discipline myself to do as well. The LSI asks a battery of questions which are cross-validated. Well over 200 questions for each respondent to answer. So it's pretty comprehensive. And then benchmark these with thousands of organisations and leaders globally who've undertaken the testing in the past few decades. When I was being debriefed, the psychologist pointed something out to me. My level of perfectionism, as seen by the people who worked for me, was higher than my achievement orientation. So what? That's okay, isn't it? Well, not really. This was my first exposure to discussing the dark side of perfectionism which is actually defined as an aggressive defensive style, as opposed to achievement, which is a constructive style. Perfectionism is right up there with the three other aggressive styles of competitiveness, power, and oppositional behaviour, whereas the constructive styles of achievement, self-actualisation, humanistic encouraging, and affiliative are the styles that drive performance. The object for the exercise is to build a constructive, high-performance culture and perfectionism doesn't live there. 
So I took this on board and I worked on it. And I learned why perfectionism is a negative and achievement orientation is a positive. And over the years, this fundamental awareness enabled me to shift my style and approach so that if I undertook an LSI test today, for example, my perfectionism would be extremely low and my achievement orientation would be off the charts. In this episode, I hope to give you a nudge in that direction. Now, I just want to revisit one of the earliest episodes of No Bullshit Leadership, and it's episode three, Excellence Over Perfection. I'm going to take a cut directly from that episode for two reasons. The first is because it's a crisp articulation of the psychological phenomenon of perfectionism. And the second reason is because it's so much fun to listen to the old episodes and realize how shit my delivery was. The content of the early episodes is awesome, even if I do say so myself, but I'm sure you'll see that I've come a long way in my narration and storytelling. And this in itself is a lesson. You don't need to be perfect. You need to get started and get something out there. Don't let perfectionism drag you into a spiral of inaction. Let's take a listen to episode three. And perfection sounds really good in theory, but it has a number of drawbacks. The first thing is, it just takes a really long time. It ignores the Pareto principle. And as we all know, that's the 80-20 rule that says 80% of the results actually come from 20% of the effort. You may have also heard the term, the point of diminishing returns. And this, in a nutshell, is the point at which the value you get from continuing to improve a product is less than the investment of time and resources required to make that improvement. This sucks everyone into a hole. And one perfectionistic leader can disable a whole team. Perfectionism tells your people that their best isn't good enough. It's actually a massive demotivating factor. Imagine how someone feels when they submit some of their best work, work that they're really proud of, only to have it rejected by their perfectionistic leader. It also reinforces the paradigm of activity over value, because so much effort and so much activity can be put into the unattainable quest for perfection, and that doesn't actually deliver any value for the organisation. If the perfectionism is leader-driven and part of the culture, it sets the leader up as the expert. And this really clouds the accountability model. A graphic illustration of the positive nature of an excellence mindset comes from the world of professional sport. In Major League Baseball, if I could only make it to first base on every third appearance at the plate, I would be in the top 30 players of all time. That's only a one in three success rate. It means I get to strike out on two innings out of three. And I would be incredibly successful and make a truckload of money. We need to embrace these types of realities and think about what we do differently. And in the really important stuff that we think has to be right no matter what, we need to think about layers of excellence rather than single points of perfection. Now that we're developing a better understanding of why perfectionism may not be quite as desirable as we first thought, let's look at this a little more deeply. Perfectionism damages and detracts from these six key leadership objectives. Number one, perfection is the enemy of confidence. Perfectionism is often a defense mechanism to help us overcome our fear of scrutiny, critique, and judgment. We're afraid of not getting it right. And as long as we're perfecting something, 
Now imagine me doing air quotes there. We remain in a relatively safe place. It protects us from criticism and circumvents our fear of failure. But eventually, no matter what we're doing, we have to deliver it. And ironically, the longer we spend in the pursuit of perfection, the more our confidence is sapped. I've seen many cases where individuals become frozen because the more they try to seek certainty, the more they realise that certainty isn't achievable. In a perfectionistic world, we try to gather more data, consult more people and wait for more certainty. But that certainty never arrives. In fact, it's quite the opposite. Even in relatively finite disciplines like engineering, I used to think that engineering was a pretty black and white science, but nothing could be further from the truth. What I learned was that if I got five engineers in a room to discuss something, I'd get at least six different opinions. And this can be a real confidence sapper. The longer you spend on something, the more you see the complexities and competing perspectives on the problem. If you continue to look for perfection, you'll see just how unattainable it is, and you'll struggle to move forward. Perfection is the enemy of confidence. Number two, perfection is the enemy of outcomes. It drives you to the place of not wanting to deliver your outcome until everything is just so. I saw a documentary recently about the Britpop band Oasis. And in the mid-90s, their first three albums were some of the most critically acclaimed and best-selling albums of their time. Now, Noel Gallagher, the co-founder and songwriter, said something incredibly interesting. If I'd known how popular some of my songs were going to be, they never would have been released. Just think about this. The fear of having so many people listening to the songs critically would have led Gallagher to second-guessing himself on whether or not they were good enough. Such an incredible insight to have. Now, don't misunderstand me here. I'm not talking about having lax standards. It's critical for a leader to maintain high standards of behaviour and performance in everything the team does. But if you embrace the Pareto principle and look for that point of diminishing returns, you're much more likely to push the go button at the appropriate time rather than sitting back waiting for more certainty. Perfection is the enemy of outcomes. Number three, perfection is the enemy of value. I think the value piece here is really worth re-examining. I've worked across many different industries in the last few years to help CEOs identify where the maximum value is for their business. People find it really hard to articulate properly. As long as you're focused on the pursuit of perfection in a narrow area, you can't focus on value capture, which comes from execution. The reason for this is that perfectionism tends to drag you further into the detail. And this is counterproductive. It then becomes difficult to see the forest for the trees. Excellence enables you to stand back and look at the bigger picture. To understand value, you have to be able to sit above any problem, option or possibility and trace the value flow from effort and investment through to the ultimate value delivery. Perfectionism robs you of one of the key ingredients of value, and that's speed. This can be detrimental in any environment. When delivering high-value initiatives, the faster you can implement, the earlier the opportunity to begin capturing the value. In the lead-up to COVID, I know a large global organisation that had been working on a solution for its employees to work remotely for almost 18 months. The project team looked at everything from connection reliability and digital security through to remote office ergonomics and activity monitoring. Yet when the pandemic hit, necessity truly became the mother of invention. 
and they were able to implement a solution within a matter of days for the executives and a matter of weeks for the whole company worldwide. What if they had implemented that 18 months earlier? Sure, it might have been ugly, but it would have been excellent. Perfection is the enemy of value. Number four, perfection is the enemy of innovation. We know that successful innovation requires agility and momentum. Speed to market is absolutely critical. Now, I often refer to Clay Christensen's work on innovation theory. Some organisations only deliver incremental or sustaining innovations on their products. This means they add new features to improve their existing products. This is fine, but there comes a point at which customers won't pay for the new bells and whistles because they don't value them. Let's face it, if I'm going to buy a coffee maker, I don't care if it has a clock on it that shows four different time zones. I probably don't even care if it has a clock at all. The only reason would be to regulate the auto-brew function, which I use about once every three years. Innovative disruption comes when companies can deliver new, low-cost versions of a high-end product that the customer isn't prepared to pay for. Perfectionism pushes you to think about conservative sustaining innovations rather than high-value disruptive innovations. Business is going to become even more fast-paced in the post-COVID world, requiring greater agility and speed of innovation. So don't let perfectionism hold you back. Perfection is the enemy of innovation. Number five, perfection is the enemy of accountability. One of the main traps of perfectionism is that it pushes you to be more dependent on external factors beyond your immediate control. I'm waiting for more data. I'm waiting for a decision to be made by the regulator. I'm waiting to consult with more people. This enables an individual to push their accountability off to some nebulous external person or event. It says, I want to perfect this outcome. To do so, I have no choice but to seek this input from external sources. Ergo, it's not my fault that the deliverable is late. The accountability for meeting agreed deadlines, quality levels and value outcomes is diluted. Perfection is the enemy of accountability. Finally, number six, perfection is the enemy of great decisions. Now, I did a really old podcast episode, another one. It was episode 20, Making Great Decisions. Speed of decision making is one of the most critical and overlooked criteria of a great decision. But also great decisions are made by a clearly accountable person. They're made at the right level. They solve the core issue, not just alleviate the symptoms. They balance short and long-term considerations. They consider wide-ranging inputs from relevant experts and so forth. The bottom line is that perfectionism slows down your decision-making. And as I always say, a decision that's 80% right today is infinitely better than a decision that's 85% right next week, which in turn is infinitely better than a decision that's 90% right next month, because nothing gets to 100%. Nothing. Ever. Perfection is the enemy of great decisions. Now, tying all this up, moving from a philosophy of perfection to one of excellence is a mental, emotional, and psychological challenge. We have to be prepared to take on some personal risk and use our best judgment to move forward with confidence. Once you understand this dynamic better, you're more inclined to take the leap of faith. Until you do, true performance will elude your team, and the only thing you'll be known for is for not delivering on your obvious potential. 
All right, so that brings us to the end of episode 169. Thanks so much for joining us. And remember, at Your CEO Mentor, our purpose is to improve the quality of leaders globally. So please share this episode with another leader who you know is going to benefit from it. I'm looking forward to next week's episode, Epic Team Building Fails. Until then, I know you'll take every opportunity you can to be a no-bullshit leader. 